Hello everyone, I'm Jamie Bricker, and I'd like to welcome everyone once again to our ongoing weekly podcast series, Affective Leadership, Positivity Promotes Productivity. Now throughout the month of February, we thoroughly enjoyed our discussions with leaders of some of the most successful uh, small to medium-sized businesses across North America. And thanks again to Garth Cressman of Walter Fady and AEC in Kitchener, Ontario, Dave Yonkman of DYS Media in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and Bruce Fakowski of Get Assist Inc. in Calgary, Alberta. They are all very successful leaders and they are all very much affective leaders. It is now my pleasure to introduce my podcast partner and co-host, Jack Barkley. Thank you, Jamie. Very much looking forward to consolidating our thoughts and takeaways from this month's podcast. So Jack, our three guests, lead very different types of organizations. But did any commonalities really jump out at you in terms of their business philosophies? Well, yeah, yes, Jamie, all of their organizations were certainly different, as you say. Uh, however, it was, it was interesting that, to me, three common business philosophies jumped out at me and, and struck me. And, and they were, first, adapting. Their, each of the leaders adapted their leadership routine during the ongoing and changing reality presented by COVID-19. Secondly, I, I really thought that their understanding that everyone's situation and experience uh, within their organization is different and, and there's a need to support them moving forward. And lastly, I think that all three of them, there, there was a, a feel for setting standards for success within the organization through their honest and transparent communication. Oh, there's no doubt about it. For sustainable success of standards and, as you say, that ongoing communication, they are really uh, key. And once again, one of the real commonalities was this notion of sustainable long-term success. The bottom line is all of their companies were very successful pre-pandemic, quite successful during the pandemic. And they have clearly defined plans to help ensure post-pandemic success for their organizations. So Jack, to me, it makes sense today if our focus is on the five keys to sustainable success. Now, the first key is all about embracing change and challenges. As you just mentioned, Jack, let's face it, the landscape in each and every business has changed drastically over the past 12 months. And this notion that when the pandemic's over, we're going to kind of return to the quote, good old days. Well, that's an utter fallacy. And these leaders we were referring to, they really recognize that, that things are different now. And a lot of these differences are going to be permanent. But I also really admired the fact that rather than kind of be stuck in kind of that, oh, woe was me or woe was us, all these obstacles and roadblocks and barriers and what are we going to possibly do? These leaders led their companies and have led their companies through all of this with such a positive, optimistic attitude as they look at all of these new challenges as opportunities and why nots and really kind of exciting things to explore. Well, I, I really heard that as well in listening to our three guests, uh, Jamie. Um, it's all about where we are at a point in time. And I, I think we would all agree and, and, and not to be repetitive on what we're saying is that with, with our present reality, the way things looked three months ago are not the way they look right now and, and not the way they're going to look in, 
in three more months from now. So I think what we've all learned is, is being able to adjust and really think ahead. And some of the points may make me think that our, our three leaders really looked at helping their people think, where are you going to be tomorrow, next week, and, and in that time moving forward? And more so now than ever, I think we really have to think of a, a term that we talk about called growth mindset, as opposed to a fixed mindset. And, and simply just defining that for our audience, that, the, that idea of a growth mindset is your willingness, your own willingness to change the way you look at things. And the irony here is I think that COVID has forced that mindset on us and, and, uh, and, and, and made us have to be willing to sustain success by changing the way we look at things uh, day in and day out. Would you not agree, Jack, the growth mindset also reinforces that so many things are like within the individuals and within the company's control rather than kind of wallowing in a feeling of helplessness. That, that's, that's right. I, I, I think that that is there. And I think when people become more confident with that, they are able to, to change the way they look at things and, and move forward more successfully. If you're going to remain fixed, uh, I, I think you're going to struggle with things and, and uh, within your organization and with the organization itself. Now, this is a, a, a good lead in, Jamie. I think we, the second key is around a consistent prioritizing of structure within the organization. And I, I really liked hearing this from each of our guests uh, when they talked about their organization in that, you know, by prioritizing structure, I think we mean ensuring a consistent and a common alignment of a given company's goals and vision. And it, you need to bring those ideas, those two ideas into focus for success and to keep your group and your employees on that, on that right track for success. Now, each we knew this in, in the work that we did, but within organizations and companies, your company has a set of core values that you, your work revolves around. What I liked about our leaders and what makes them effective is that they would bring within their framework, they would bring their people back to that idea of core values and show that commitment to the people that they led uh, that you, you need to depend on or refer to or go back as a norm, that set of core values for your company to work. I, I like the notion, Jack, about going back to these core values because that reinforces the importance that to me, these core values, they're, they're within kind of defined parameters or boundaries or what we like to refer to as the framework. And, and as, as you're talking about the importance of a clear goals and a common vision and these core values, all of them are so important to any organization, but they all, once again, have to be within a really clearly uh, defined and a thoughtfully established framework and it all goes back to that word you just mentioned about focus. Um, that I think really successful leaders, as these three certainly are, they make a point of everything the organization does is consistent and fits within this framework. They're not all over the place. They're very focused. And related to that too, and it just was so clear that these leaders hold themselves to a very high standard of performance. And 
that really sets the tone for the organization in all respects. And then they also put forth a lot of, you know, time, money, and effort to support and encourage all of their employees to also reach these very high standards. So it's then becomes self-perpetuating. There's a high bar that everyone's doing their very best to attain or in many cases exceed. And that ties in very nicely to our third key, the importance to encourage collaboration and to offer this timely support. And Jack, for months now, we've talked about the importance of affective leaders really getting a better understanding of their employees as they make that extra effort to connect with them. And it becomes so important at so many different times, but particularly with in terms of collaboration and kind of the overall work input and the active listening and the teamwork and so on, because since they know their employees so well, these leaders can recognize, I think in a very timely manner, when and for whom additional supports may be required. And we all have bring different interests and strengths and areas of growth to the table, so to speak. And these leaders really know how to get that synergy going by putting their puzzle pieces really in the right spots, as I like to say. And another point that really kind of jumped out at me with these, these affective leaders was they had that right balance of there are times when there needs to be some distance between the leaders and the employees. I mean, that's called being a leader. But there are many other times where you need to be kind of roll up your sleeves and be elbow to elbow with your, your team. And that's where you learn together, you grow together. And maybe most importantly, that's when and where leaders gain an awful lot of credibility in the eyes of their employees. Well, Jamie, I, I couldn't think uh, as I'm listening to those points and, and recalling our, our three guests from this past month that that whole idea of collaboration and support as you describe it is so important Again, I take us back to where we are today in, in, in changing changes that are ongoing within companies and adapting to our, our given situation. And I, I would I would agree completely that that when you have when you know your employees and you know those strengths and weaknesses, as you say, and they see the credibility in the leader, to your second point, that that overall feeling of success gets sustained. And, and that productivity and efficiency of the company is heightened. I mean, let's face it, people feel better when they know that they're supported and, and, and the leader is working alongside them and, and is there to uh, offer that support and uh, encouragement moving forward. If they're not there, it, 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 you, you can somehow feel abandoned and, and, and I would think struggle at times like this. So. You know, I, I think of, of some of the words in our, in our podcasts and, and uh, you know, one of our guests talked about showing people how to do something rather than simply telling them. And, you know, that, that struck me as, as thinking, you know, sometimes we're in such a rush to get things done that we want to delegate and we want to tell people how to do something instead of being able to work alongside them and, and give them that um, feedback or drawn past experience, uh, as we might say. And uh, again, for that success, especially in difficult times, it's so important to be able to, to have that right approach to support and collaborate with your, with your team. Well, now, I do not agree that I think another thing all of these three leaders really did very well was 
by being so kind of attuned to their overall uh, employee group that they, they always seem to have a very clear kind of pulse of their organization. And as you say, like there were, there were no surprises, like everybody, everybody knew, everybody kind of knew the score, knew the plan and so on. And I think that kind of connect, connectivity, and, what I, and once again, I like the word pulse, like they really were, uh, they felt the vibe of the organization because they were, a, as you say, they were a, a real part of it. Yeah, and, it, and it's, not, it's not so much a looking over the shoulder of your employee uh, or your team as connecting regularly with them. And even in, in this time where a lot of the work being done is remote, a number of our guests have talked to us about different ways that they connected or touched base uh, with their employees. And it didn't always have to be with the project at hand. It was just a, a way of making them feel connected. So, so yeah, I, I, I would certainly. No, no, sorry. sorry you, I just want to, sorry to interrupt, but you raise an excellent point and thank you for clarifying that. Thank you for clarifying. I was not referring to at all uh, micromanaging. Right. That was, that's not the case at all. So thank you for clarifying that. For sure. And, and that, that leads us nicely to into the fourth key. I think a commonality, our, our leaders were able to assume a reasonable amount of risk within their organization. And, and I guess in, in other words, it's they were able to work at finding that right balance between recognizing and then moving or actioning opportunities for their team and for individuals as they would arise on a given day or in a given week or proactively looking ahead. And again, I, I think that that helps the organization certainly move forward and sustain success, but it also gives that credibility to the leader and it helps the, uh, the employee have that confidence that, that they're being led in the right direction or that they're being able to go in a, in a certain area with that balance of, of risk and, and moving forward. So I think another way too, another key piece is, you know, that affective leader being conscious of not taking on too much risk, but taking on some in order to move the company forward and not miss opportunities. So that is a key point of being affective. And, and we certainly heard that with our guests uh, over, over the past month. Well, I think another key word there, Jack, in your title, I like how you said reasonable risk. Right, right. Not a question of reckless risk. This is reasonable, very well thought out, um, very kind of selective targeted risk. And, you know, I, I think another part of that ties into, as I mentioned a bit earlier, there are so many unknowns right now, but affective leaders of these really vibrant companies, they look at these unknowns and uncertainties as opportunities. And then they determine which of these opportunities deserve and need and should be fully explored for possible, you know, in, you know, kind of success now, short term and in the longer term. So I think these leaders have all done that really well. Like it's just like they're in such vibrant organizations. It's always, as you say, looking for new reasonable uh, risk associated with opportunities. And I, I, another piece of that, Jack, as you were outlining it, it made me think back to a, a few minutes ago when you said like growth mindset. Like to me, one of the key aspects of growth mindset is willing is the willingness to take those reasonable risks, 
with the understanding that they're not all going to pan out. And there's going to be some miscalculations and some errors and some mistakes. And that's okay. Those are all kind of foundations for future learning uh, and things to not try again and so on. But the setbacks are, are not at all insurmountable because the setback is based on a risk which was deemed reasonable in the first place. So it isn't a question of kind of, you know, hurting the company or anything long-term in any significant way, because it was a very calculated risk in the first place. Right, Gene, I'm going to jump in because I, I couldn't agree more with that, but that is the art of the effective leader right now, especially in a time where we're inclined maybe not to take as many risks and to be careful. Good but point, right, good right. point. You, yeah, good point. If you don't move forward, you're not going to, you're not going to get anywhere. No, I mean, let, let's face it, as, as you know, Jack, I, lo I love metaphors and I confess some of my metaphors are far better than others. But if you're never going to take a risk and then you're not moving forward and then you're kind of on that endless bike ride on the stationary bike where you're putting in a ton of effort, but you're really getting nowhere. Right. I, I've heard that one. I've heard that uh, one. Yeah. That, that's great. Yeah. And, uh, well, I know you've heard it from me many times, but uh, it's just because I think it really applies in this case that these leaders are very focused but and always looking for those really uh, fruitful opportunities that they and their team have, have determined are their best kind of strategies moving forward versus just taking some kind of random risk. You know, you raise a good point, Jack, in clarifying that. Thank you. And the fifth key is all about providing both practical and emotional support. And they are very different and yet, of course, obviously related. Affective leaders make a really good, make a real concerted effort to ensure that their team members, they know that the leader is there for them. Unconditionally, in, in, in terms of support on an emotional level, where right now, let's face it, these are unprecedented, tough times. And yes, there's more optimism than, than there was six, eight months ago, but hey, we're nowhere near the finish line. And there's a lot of balls they're juggling personally and professionally. So those that real empathetic, compassionate leader is very important. But there's also, I think, a really important kind of practical aspect to it in the sense that let's look at things like working remotely, which not very many people did 12 months ago. And now, you know, a very, very high number of people are, some of whom or quite a few of whom will be working remotely indefinitely long past the pandemic. So in yeah. terms of support, it, it's, it's more challenging to offer support remotely. It's not like someone is going to, or your team's going to physically be meeting in your office every morning or whatever. So how do you offer that support for people who are working offsite? And frankly, how do you also monitor them working offsite, uh, you know, to make sure their productivity, et cetera, is, is where you need it to be. So I think both at an emotional and a practical level, there are different layers of support that the pandemic has necessitated. Uh, but like with a lot of other things, I think it's, it's really has a benefit that it's really opened up that kind of sustainable support moving forward. Right, Jamie. Well, I really like how you recognize both practical and emotional support and, and needing to know the leader needing to be there to know their employees and, I think we'd both agree that as a leader, you're going to have a better, better, sorry, handle on your employees' mental health needs during a difficult time if you are 
in tune with them, if you're conversing with them, if you are, are connecting with them remotely or, or otherwise. You know, and and I, when I listen to you talk, it makes me think that that empathy or support, how we want to look at that, I think we need to, as affective leaders, ask ourselves, is the empathy that we show or demonstrate, is it purposeful for our employees? Is, are we just saying, I hear you, or I'm there for you, or are we really showing that? And I think you consciously have to uh, evaluate yourself as that leader to say, am I doing that for my employees? Because employees are going to recognize whether you're doing, whether you're walking the walk with them and showing that support or not. And I think that could have a, a real supportive result or it could be detrimental, you know, if, if you're not doing that. Now, great discussion. And clearly each one of our guests has been able to, I think we'd agree, sustain, sustain success within their respective organizations during challenging times by em embracing the changes and challenges that are posed, but also by looking forward thoughtfully and, and proactively at the structure and what needs to be done and accomplished and how they're gonna get there. And then by encouraging meaningful collaboration and showing support for their people. So true, Jack, all three of them were very successful, uh, very affective and very open and lots to be proud of with their respective organizations. And we certainly appreciate their time and contributions. And speaking of appreciating people's time, thanks everyone for joining us today. And just another reminder that we will be continuing our series of discussions with very impactful affective leaders from all across North America at different times throughout 2021. And we'd just like to remind everyone that our podcast is posted on a weekly basis, and there will also continue to be a weekly blog on LinkedIn. And please continue to look for our overall series, Affective Leadership. Positivity promotes productivity in both of these formats. Please feel free to connect with Jamie and me on LinkedIn. We certainly welcome our listeners' feedback and also any suggestions for future aspects of affective leadership that you'd like explored. We can always be reached at affectiveleadership at gmail.com. And Jack and I look forward to connecting with you again next week on Affective Leadership. Positivity promotes productivity.